Man, I want to be a consultant. No, what a don't. job that is. You see the Baby Yoda cloud? No. Oh, yeah, I did see the Baby Yoda cloud. Cloud? Oh, no, there was a cloud that showed up. That, that uh, shaped this Baby Yoda. Yeah, that's awesome. Crazy. Thanks for hey, joining uh, us. Okay, Steve. Sorry. Sorry, it's probably my fault. I didn't send out a cue sheet. No, 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 no. He's late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Today on the Geek Out Podcast, happy Star Trek Picard Day. We just found out that... Oh, shit. Guinan. Guinan. <laughs> Jinan? No! Sorry. <laughs> Today on the Geek Out Podcast, happy Star Trek Picard Day. We just found out that Guinan will be coming back for season two. And we also just found out that Captain Marvel 2 is confirmed. But Mindhunter will not be coming back for season three because David Fincher wants to do love... Death and robots. The Star Wars Clone Wars show is coming back for a final season. And yes, it looks good. And a nine-year-old <laughs> and a nine-year-old girl gets to play Breath of the Wild after her dad makes her a custom controller. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Geek Out Podcast, episode 67. We record this on Thursday, January 23rd, 2020, and it was gonna be Happy Star Trek Picard Day, because I thought it was airing tonight, uh, but apparently it aired at midnight the, this past, like, 12 hours ago as we record this. So it's, obviously it's out by the time you hear the podcast, but that was a great sound, Kirsten. It's getting, like, really great reviews, Holy too. Smokes, People are just like... He's really loud. Uh, yeah, to pull me down here. Um, it's, oh, yeah, I, I can't wait to go home and watch it. Apparently this pilot episode is really, really good. Yay. Really good. Yay. Uh, yes, so I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. I'm DJ Boitano. You can hear me doing the mixtape every weekday in the Afternoon Zone. I'm Bob Lucino, and I host that Afternoon Zone. Art Aronson, reporter for the Q in the Zone radio stations. I'm Kirsten James, and I'm on the weekend. Wow. Holy lightning. We are efficient. That's a roll. Okay, now let's get on a 20-minute tangent about something. No, oh, I had something, no, actually. No, no, no. I did no. have something. Oh, my God. Okay, because I think, Art, you were even tweeting about um, Netflix again this week, right? And how they are so lame for not showing like who watches what and when. Yes, yes. Have you all ever been on a website <laughs> called Pornography Hub? Porn, Pornhub? Pornography? <laughs> What's this fancy version you're going to? Pornography? pornography hubography? <laughs> Trying to make it sound more fancy. They are so transparent in their video views there is a graph along the bottom of the video when you scrub along to see like how which part of the video is the most watched what yeah because all right picture this you're watching a pornography right and like it's seven minutes long well who's gonna sit there and watch seven minutes of one pornography so you can scrub through and it shows you like the best parts of the porno based on how many people watch it so it's like oh they're gonna switch positions here or oh here comes money shot or whatever right you can see that in a graph that's inlaid on top of the video art you know what i'm talking about art's nodding sex meister bud you gotta know what i'm talking about here you've never seen this why are we starting a podcast pull it up on the what computer is it only on on the computer no only on computer? Is it not on mobile? No, oh, it's, no it's, on, it's on. Whoa. It's on your phone as wow. well. So is you're new? telling me that Pornography Hub can do this, but Netflix can't show us better in analytics and numbers of who and what and when and where are watching their shows. Bullshit. Tear it down, Bernie Sanders. Of course they can. They're choosing not. And it's it's almost a news story that they're not. That they're being so obtuse about it that if you watch past two minutes, ding, you've watched. The whole thing, as far as they're concerned, no. They know exactly where people are coming and dropping out. You'd, like, you'd think Netflix users would need it a little bit more than <laughs> Pornhub users, because Pornhub users are busy scrubbing something else. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, a collection of little stories called The Week in Geek. There was an update to the Life Labs breach that happened in December, but just this week they've locked down the accounts, they're sending out emails, and when you log in, you need to change your password with an email they send to uh, you. There was almost some great news from Studio Ghibli when Netflix had licensed 21 of their films for streaming, but this is for everywhere except Japan, you know, where the movies come from, the United States and America, and Canada. 
So we still don't have a reliable way to watch Studio Ghibli films streaming. Only last month did they put them up for download to purchase on places like Google Play Store and whatnot. And the states will get them on HBO Max sometime this year. But Canada's still kind of left out. Oh, and they have... DVD and Blu-rays of collections of their... Anyway, the Radiohead Public Library was another thing I talked about. This was a very... If you know web design, it's a masonry layout, and it's just it's just thumbnail after thumbnail after thumbnail, and it's kind of overwhelming and a little bit chaotic, but pretty much everything that Radiohead has ever done is up there. And then I talked about this, this dad named Rory, who's got a couple kids with hereditary spastic paraplegia, so it affects their speech and their motor controls, and they can't play games on regular controllers. There is this thing called the Xbox Adaptive Controller. It's about probably about as big as a like a standard computer keyboard, a little, little taller, with larger controls for everything. And then along the back, there are 19 mini jack plugs. So you can plug in whatever kind of uh, interface you want, mm-hmm. be that a large video game button from the 80s or oversized joystick or whatnot. And so that's what this guy did. He took one of those those segmented crafting plastic things you get from Michael's, drilled holes, put 16 buttons around the side and two joysticks. And the joy on this little nine-year-old girl's face as she gets to play Breath of the Wild on her Nintendo Switch using an, an adaptive controller from Xbox? Mind-blowing. So wholesome. I loved it. It That's was great. Lovely. I linked to all those things at thezone.fm slash geekout. And Can I respond oh, to the yep. Radiohead thing really quickly here? <clears throat> yeah, and Brian, I want to hear what you think about this, too. Because I saw a story not too long ago about Radiohead was making news that they were putting all their music up on, I think it was YouTube, because they had not... It's so weird. They're like, they're all about music accessibility. They've said that they're very for that. And then they're one of the only bands that won't put their music on streaming services. <laughs> and then finally they did now put it on YouTube. And now what's this like? whole separate thing they're doing is that right yeah it's just like a complete catalog and th- it's not all streaming from the website like you go to okay computer or whatnot and they'll say buy at apple music or stream from okay. spotify or apple music or whatever okay. um so it's all in one place you yeah. may have to go to another place to actually access it but they got concert videos from the 90s mm. they have old versions of their website they have scans of some of their old email newsletters that's cool but they got everything all the singles and everything and uh yeah so it's yeah, all just so this like is not, one place it's not like radiohead starting up their own streaming service right. they're just making their things available that's really cool that's what a website should be I think, especially for a band with that much history and oh, that yeah. much, you know, going back deep into the like, you know, early days of the internet. I just, it just chaps me when like any band or artist or whatever thinks they should do their own thing that's separate from the music s- streaming service. Oh, like reinventing the wheel. Yeah, yeah, kind of like even title to some degree, or you know, like as much as I respect what Neil Young tries to do, and he tries to get you the very best quality music possible with the highest fidelity and everything, and it really means a lot to him for some reason. But I just feel like okay, you guys, but this is as if you know we're back in 1978 and we're all just buying vinyl records, but you've decided to invent a new thing. You know what I mean? You have to buy a whole new phonograph or something like that. It's just like just be where we all are. How well, dare you invent a CD and an MP3 and things that we can carry around? Why don't we all just still have vinyl? Different, different. That's bad what you analogy. Just said. But no, the it's counter is different though. That's, That's the entire technology say? moving forward <laughs> together and us all getting on board to to do a separate thing that's like the same but separate like laterally different that's what's fucked and egotistical but like, but to counter that paul go we on. we're just talking about this with the with netflix and their numbers and everything like that maybe they want to control that and see those numbers and know that those numbers are real maybe they want that they want that kind of control right to so. fight the power like i it just it, like you've got like neil young's thing is called pono and then there's title and then there's spotify and there was pandora you know sometimes it does seem like there is too much mm-hmm. but like the especially the pono and the title thing seems very specific there's a there's a scene in men in black Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones picks up this tiny little white disc and right. says, you know, they'll be putting albums on this. Guess I got to buy the white album again kind of thing. And it, just, and it made me think, yeah, like these formats never seem to stop. Like there's always something new, a new way to get it. Um, you know, it wasn't just MP3s, but now there's, you know, there's all the high res audio and your flack and your lossless and everything. And it's just like, how many times do you have to buy the white album? 
And who has you, control? Who has power? That's that's all. Of, that's what the music industry is all about. Right? I hear that art too. And look, it's look. Apple Music, Spotify, they're no different than Netflix. What we're talking about. I you know call for more transparency from them too, and a better model of paying their artists. Yeah, it's insane the way that they pay it. If you know anything about that, what about this idea? It's I'm not the first one to say it, but like they should just take my ten dollars a month, okay, and they should take their three bucks. Apple just or Spotify, whoever you pay, take your three bucks, and then you take the rest of that seven dollars, and then you divide that equally between the artists that I have listened to over yes, the month. Yes, not every single artist, and yes, right. So if I only listen to one artist in a month, you get seven dollars from me, and if I listen to seven hundred artists in a month, you all get a penny, or however that math shows out, math. dime Good or whatever. Yeah. Okay, but that would be so much more of a fair way to do it, and that's not how they do it, and it sucks, and it speaks again to the lack of transparency of who's listening to what and for how long and what it's worth. Yeah, it's a real problem we have in st the streaming world. I think that's one of the reasons why an artist would try to do something like that and create their own thing. But I agree with you. It's like trying to throw a pebble into the ocean and, you know, to make a ripple go all far and wide. Right. It's not necessarily going to happen unless you're the biggest, biggest band in the world. I'm surprised Pearl Jam hasn't tried it, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think they, they were, have bigger problems well, they're trying to fight right now. Sure, fair enough. In this day and age, is any band that big? I would argue yeah. no. I don't think there's a single band or even a single... like. I, I think Jay-Z tried to do it with Tidal. Like, Jay-Z's brand is massive. His... You know, along with Beyonce around him and Kanye and the, like, the, like, the tribe that's kind of around that type of music or those artists. And still, how does, how does Tidal do against Apple Music and Spotify? Not that great? Not that great. That's it the is pebble in the ocean. growing. Title is slowly starting to grow. Yeah, interesting. But uh, but they but, don't pay their artists money anyways. I think a little bit more than Spotify. Maybe. Apple Music, I think, pays the artists the most. Is that is that how that works? I, I thought it was so. Bandcamp, but um, maybe not. Bandcamp, maybe actually. Uh, what about MySpace? No, anyway, is <laughs> Star Trek Picard apparently released twelve hours ago, and I has anybody seen it? No. Yeah, no. I didn't know. Otherwise, I would have gotten up earlier, skip work or something. Just but I didn't skip work. Um, <laughs> And we learned that while Patrick Stewart was on The View, where Whoopi Goldberg works, he I extended the invitation for her to come on, come on back uh, into the Star Trek universe as Guinan for season two of Star Trek Picard, which is always fun when your first episode has just dropped or at the time of recording has not even dropped. And come on back for season two. <laughs> We're planning ahead. But mm. I think that would be great because I thought Guinan's character was um, wonderful. We'll start making generation. a hat. Yes, we'll start making the hat. That's shave, also your dress. Shave your eyebrows and hair again. <laughs> um, did you guys watch that view clip? Yeah. It is so lovely and so pure. Yeah. And all I want to do in my life is be as pure as Patrick Stewart. He He's is great. like the antithesis of a grumpy old man. He has just become more wonderful. Mm. And I don't know if that's rubbing off from him constantly kissing Ian McKellen <laughs> or while being married to a woman or what's going on. But like Patrick Stewart is so fucking wonderful these yeah, days. I can't even handle it. I was reading an interview where he was talking about having a meeting with Kevin Feige. And that oh. the uh, the idea of um, Xavier Charles Xavier was Whoa. brought up, Whoa. and uh, it was very like the the interview clip. You almost kind of cry reading the interview clip because he was like talking about how um, he really does want you know Charles and the X Men to show up in the MCU. He doesn't want to necessarily be that Charles Xavier, wow. not necessarily because. You know, the character was closed off in Logan, but because of how he felt when the character was closed off in Logan. And he was yeah. at a screening of Logan sitting right next to Hugh Jackman. And uh, during his final scene, the like his, I guess, spoiler alert, death scene. Um, <gasps> oh, my God. It's been how many years? Um, he didn't want to get what the hell. Art. Skip Art. the dishes, John Hamm. What are you doing on pornographyhub.com? Yeah, I know. I thought it was like that was a porn. That was but wait, numbers. what did you just say? Skip the dishes, John Hamm? Is that are those the words that just came out of your mouth? Well, if anybody here has TV, and I know nobody does, yeah, no. uh, yes, I do. skip the dishes, uh, the John Hamm commercials. They show up everywhere. Oh, so, okay. yeah. so even if phone, it's in your pocket. Your phone just <laughs> rang to play you a commercial. No, no, no. I was just looking on uh, Twitter and something you know popped up okay, oh, okay. okay. anyway so uh he was trying at this screening of logan he's trying not to get emotional during his death scene and uh 
in the corner of his eye, he was describing seeing Hugh Jackman raise his hands to the and wipe away a tear. And then he just started talking to his little foot like, like, all right, time to let it out. And so they Aww. held hands during that scene oh and were crying Oh, my gosh, together. that's so sweet. Like, he's so such wonderful. a lovely old man. Oh, he really is. is. Oh, my God. So oh. I don't think he's coming back as... Uh, as Xavier in the MCU, which I think is good. Greater good. Probably. I think that's a great idea. What's that British uh, talk show, TV sh- TV show talk show where they like all get drunk and they go on? What's what's? It's very uh, slap my fanny. No, Jeremy. What's my silly? Jeremy. I think it's called What's My Silly. What are Jeremy you doing, Corbin? <laughs> no, no, not Corbin. I can't remember his name. Anyway, but he it's during the press tour of Flippy Logan, Flappy or Lippy you, don't mean, Lippy. you don't mean Graham Norton. Graham, yeah, Graham, Graham Norton. Norton. That's oh, what it is. okay. Yeah, Graham I didn't Norton. realize I got oh, drunk Graham on that show. I've watched hundreds of those clips. Oh, yeah. That's all they do. Yeah, that's oh, their thing. They're always drinking. Oh, I didn't. Re- okay. Anyways, yeah. anyways, on during the press tour of Logan. He, Sir uh, Patrick Stewart, is on. Sir Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart's there with. Or uh, Sir Pat Stew. Yeah, I love that. Ian McClellan and um, Hugh Jackman. And if you guys haven't seen that interview, it's so good. And just the chemistry between McClellan and uh, Stewart is just so good. Okay, I've watched a lot of those Graham Norton clips. I love those clips. I love him. I love that show. But I don't think I've seen that one. I will go seek it out. Yeah, definitely check that out. It's, uh, yeah, the chemistry is so good there. And yes, Patrick Stewart is. Awesome. They're both awesome. Maybe we'll put it in the show notes. Graham Norton. Okay. Um, we got confirmation that Captain Marvel 2 is in the works from the writer of WandaVision. Not really much more to say about it. Than uh, that, 2022 but. is the release, uh, the release year. And, wow. Um, it's a ways off. Eh? Yeah, it's quite a bit. Fuck you, it's January, right? <laughs> um, and then the, uh, the directors, the original directors are not going to be back. They, oh. uh, they're looking for a female director, but uh, the uh, the two that were helming it, um, the two the that exist. Well, <laughs> no, 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 not the two that exist. But there were no, two know, directors for. for Captain surely Marvel. they could have found another woman. But. Question: They could have, but don't call me Shirley. <laughs> yeah, has, has any of you gone back and rewatched Captain I have. Marvel? Have you? Yeah. Okay. Brian, how is it on a rewatch? Ah, it's fun. Because I remember the movie just being like. Like, I liked it when I got out of it, but I just have no desire to watch it again. <laughs> I really like the character and, like, a lot of the action and everything. But at that point, you know, as you're introducing yet another new character into the Marvel Universe, it kind of was, like, the the threads were starting to show of, like, the formula. The Marvel formula of introducing a new character. And even though it was an interesting character and great performances and everything like that, I was like, "All right, here we go again. Same, 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 same." No, everything. Every in my rewatch, everything that I liked about it the first time, I liked it this this time around. And what about the music? Well, yeah, the music. um, The uh, Ben Ben Mendelsohn. um, The uh, the car chase scene uh, with like. Young Coulson and uh, and Nick Fury and and that, that they, they're all fun to watch. So and then the Stan Lee cameo, I rewatched that a couple times too. Nice. That's cool. That was so wholesome. Um, we just watched a couple of us just watched the trailer for the seventh and final season of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. So that'll be coming on Disney Plus, obviously, on February twenty one. Looks so good. Yeah, it does look pretty good. It looks so good. And I, I, I think I've been on record here already saying that that's some of the best Star Wars content out there. It is. So get on it if you haven't yet. Yeah, Paul, oh. you can't just jump into the seventh season. <laughs> I can and I will. Oh, no, know, like, don't do that. So anybody that hasn't watched oh, it, how many no. episodes are there per season? Like a thousand. There's so many, no. there's so many episodes. No. And they're not that thousands. long. They're not, not long episodes. Long. They're, they're like not 20 long minutes episodes. long. They're like 20 minutes long, right? Oh, um, I feel like an eternity. No, there's like, there's so many episodes. No, there's not. What I got from this trailer was, was that, yes, obviously it's the continuation and the wrap up of the story of this series. 20, they really want to make that. 22. Episodes per season. per season. Yeah, except in season six where it was, uh, or season five was 20 and season six was 13. Holy hell. And there will only be 12 in the and last season. And they're only like 20 minutes. That's not a lot of time in the grand scheme of things. But what I got out of this trailer was that I don't need to watch the entire thing. Like, I'm going to get enough from this cartoon, even just watching these final 12 episodes, which actually look kind of fun and good, without having to sit through... It is this whole series. I'm sorry, you guys. I've sat through a lot of it. I've watched many episodes. I don't like it enough to watch every single episode. I think you've been and be watching invested it in that way. Piecemeal. 
No, I like watched, I don't know, the first few seasons like all the I way through. And then, you. you know, someone would be like, oh, yeah, but skip ahead and you got to watch this arc of it and all this. I'm just like, okay, I've done that and none of it is all that good. I'm so sorry. None of it is that good. I don't believe and, that you've watched it. <laughs> and I think the major thing of it is, is that it feels like the prequels, which I know it is trying to do. Okay, and the reason why I can't, I don't like it that much is because it is supposed to be between episodes two and three and feel like it lives there and have that tone to it and those characters and those politics and everything. And those were not good movies. So when you're trying to get, you're trying to squeeze seven seasons of television out of the same stuff that was very bad in those first three movies. Nope, 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 nope. Okay. Oh. And there's also years sorry, it's not between great. the Clone not- Wars and Revenge of the Sith. Yes. You're not saying squeeze seven seasons. There was like eight years in between those movies. It gives us context. Thank it you. gives us its character development. Like those, those, uh, the Clone Wars, the series, it really, for me, it helps saves Anakin's character, really. Like it real like I like Anakin Skywalker so much more. And there's a more. reason why like half the Star Wars fandom's favorite character is Ahsoka. Yeah, like mm-hmm. there is a reason. Yeah. Because she's a phenomenal character, and this series like creates this character that the fandom is just obsessed with. We want to see her in real life. Like it's and it's so like it got to it, like I didn't haven't watched the final season or the sixth season mm-hmm. because I'm like scared. I'm like. Something's gonna happen to and the droid episodes. Ahsoka. Well, she won't because have you seen Rebels? Because I and I saw the tr- I saw the trailer, so I know she survives. Rebels but isn't. Great, I'm so but... worried for her because I like her as a character so much that you know the droid episodes happen. are awesome. The clone episodes, like you get to learn so much more about the clones and where they come from and their training. P.S. D. Bradley Baker is the voice of the clones and all the clones, and mm-hmm. he has like you know very slight differences on how he voices each of those characters. That is a voice role that is. That terrifies me. That's amazing work that he does. Yeah, and really cool. The Kenobi storylines are really good oh, as so well. Good. So I, I feel like <laughs> maybe that takes a little bit away from any Kenobi movie that you get to learn up. more about the Mandalorians. Yeah, I, I feel like I would like to have something like this for the new for the new Star Wars, like to give us some context what happens between these movies, and I think it would help the entire series. Paul, you lose. Go watch every episode always. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But I, but I look at I'll, I'll give it to you. This this last season looks great, and it's the difference between like trying to wrap something up and trying to tell like a contained story and give it a logical conclusion, rather than you can tell. I can tell when I'm watching those other seasons is like we just want to let this go on forever and ever and ever, and we just want to do as much as we can, as much as possible to continue it forever, as many stories as we can tell. And none of and like some of them are okay, some arcs are interesting, some of them are not so good. And I'm sorry, yeah, I'm not talking about like there not being enough story to tell in those eight years. I'm talking about when you are lifting, because this thing is all just a, it's just like a, uh, a graft. You've taken from the DNA of the prequels to make your new monster. And so it's going to have the characteristics of the prequels. And those are bad movies. Everyone well, they, say it with me. Paul is wrong. He is Choo-choo. wrong. He's so wrong here. But and the thing is like those prequels and I will defend the story in those sequels for the most part. Like I think like to, to, sequels to, or prequels? To, the prequels, sorry. Uh like how the emperor manipulated the system to, you know, create the empire. Like that's that's some good storytelling how they, you know, went ahead and you know, some of the things like Jar Jar Binks. There's there's lots of stuff about the prequels that's not good. But I think the overall story is pretty good. But not arguing other prequels, sequels, whatever. Yeah, we could do that I forever. Yeah. Completely disagree that Clone Wars is lifting from those prequels and the tone and the story from those. I totally disagree. And maybe the episodes you've seen like maybe those are the ones that you were drawn to because you were like, I know this story. I know the story on Coruscant. Maybe I'll watch this episode. But as a whole, I would say that that's not And And how right. good is Anakin Skywalker in these episodes? Like, Hayden Christensen, get out of here, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is this is the Anakin Skywalker's a hero. Right, that's interesting. You know, so. um, I also will, um, you know, before this Clone Wars TV show that's like seven se- seasons long now and the computer animated one, I've talked about it before, that there is like a traditional animation Clone Wars series that first was like a bunch of little shorts. And then they made a second season, which was like longer episodes, and that's it. And they actually bridge the gap really well. Just those 
animated shorts between episode two and three. And I remember really loving those when they first came out years and years ago. And um, they're actually good on rewatch as well now. They're all up on YouTube, I would highly recommend. And um, they're good enough. And they did a thing, though, where it was just like, don't you want to see Yoda do a thing? And don't, isn't this all these wildest dreams that you've had about these characters doing these powerful things? And, you know, it's like Mace Windu defeating an entire army all by himself and just doing nothing but punching robots for 10 minutes. It's like, yeah, that's fun to watch. The Clone Wars, the TV series, the computer animated one, I don't know, it just feels like it goes on way too long. And. Paul? Does a lot of that no. where it's like, don't you want to see these two characters fight? No, Paul, don't you want to see these two characters fight? You don't get an fight? opinion because you have, have not seen it. You have not You're seen taking it. yourself a hole here. No, no, don't you want to see no, Ahsoka and Paul. Darth Maul, two characters you know? Don't you want to see them have a fight? Yeah, see that well, literally you get to. that happened it has nothing to do with the anything, trailer that you, you just watched. But Ahsoka and Darth Maul do not do that in the Clone Wars. They're going to in this new yeah, season. No opinion for you. But that's the tone of the entire thing is, don't you want to see this? Well, here it is. Doesn't matter to the story, but you just want to see it. it. Okay, so we got a uh, sort of... got almost as heated as the Oscars chat last week. (laughs) A sort of uh, vague, no-content date announcement trailer for Westworld Season 3. And we now know that it is coming out very quickly on March 15th, 2020. Kind of a neat little thing the way they did it this, this circular graphic and they were talking about various things that happened they're called divergences and they started with some real uh, you know with a real one unrest in, in hong kong and then they went to the impeachment uh that supposedly would have happened on the uh, or no that, that happened on the uh, the 18th of december and then they move forward in time and they're talking about uh ecological collapse in indonesia and it, it all leads up to the big divergence the big problem that happened um, in in Westworld, and it's just, it's just sort of built as a as a graphic, and it leads to our our release date in just a couple months. And I don't know who's still hyped for Westworld because it's been a while now. Yeah, could nobody I, likes season two, right? Yeah, yeah. If I abandoned season two, could you think I could jump back into season three? I know that's <laughs> no. a stupid thing to say. No, but, because but here's, oh. if they were smart, they would try. They would try to bridge because season one was phenomenal, and season two was such an exercise. Well, but for the okay, brain, so like. Critically, uh, people outside of this room, how did it do? Like, did it get a good Rotten Tomato score? Did it uh, the numbers drop for people outside of this room matter? For viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Way to just alienate the rest of our listeners there. Wow. West people already hate me after last two <laughs> on Rotten on the Tomatometer is 86 percent fresh for critics and seventy four percent fresh for audiences. See, there's a thing that surprises it's, me. Well. I don't blame Westworld season two for me not understanding it. I blame me <laughs> and my enough. idiotic brain. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, Westworld season two had me mad at myself that I couldn't follow a fucking show. Right. Do you do, Brian? Because sometimes it's like these shows expect you to not just watch and follow along and understand as it's happening, but also do the research and the homework and like read the Wikipedia ev- after every episode. And- Which was fun for the first season. Yeah. For me. But the second, yeah. I, I found the first season didn't even need that. Well, I just no, followed sure. and I enjoyed. And I, but, some episodes, but some shows are just like, okay, sorry, what the fuck? I don't understand the politics I almost, what's going on. Yeah, I almost felt like I needed to write down where each scene sort of took place on a aligned piece of paper so that I can put a timeline together for myself. Uh, and then I did find a website that had the actual, like, here's the, the sequence of events in chronological order in season two um and i was still upset at myself that i didn't really fully understand it uh the outcome of season two i felt was was very interesting um which does set up for an interested like what could be an interesting season three i hate to say it that's all it does it is a big setup it's a setup it's like a it's it's kind of like um that always feels kind of hollow yeah it's 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 kind of like a justice league or whatever like a one of the dc movie it's like watch our next one a, a giant thing was or like maybe a good chunk of the last half of it or the last bit of it was that set up for what could potentially be the the greater world or greater universe of Westworld. Right. Um, but I do think, and I th- I personally think you're going to have to see how it ends, how season two ends, in order to 
um, grasp and understanding of season three and some of the new characters you're going to meet. I wonder if you should just watch maybe. This is what I did with The Walking Dead. I just watched the first couple episodes of a season and the last couple episodes (laughs) for the the few years that I I dropped out. And it helped. It really helped. And there are certain elements, too, of the story that you don't necessarily need to understand. Like Ed Harris's character, maybe you can get that and glean from it that you never know what what time it is or in right. in this but it it didn't really have a, a large effect on the overall consequence of the season 2 story i honestly think though yeah maybe the last episode or two of the of the previous season might wrap it up for you and it will at least tee it up for season so three. So you just you just dropped off halfway through the second season? No, i didn't even watch start watching the second oh, season because okay. of what you heard. Yeah, I yeah. kind of was like... It was confounding. I don't know if I didn't have HBO or whatever until halfway through, but by then the reviews and the, the kind of the the hype was so bad for it that I was like... Oh, like a good chunk of it is like if you follow... What's the, the main actor, the, the actress's uh, name? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, uh, her. But um, if you follow her and you follow Valkyrie, you know, you kind of... Well, yeah. Tessa Thompson, shit. <laughs> and then I forget oh, the I other... I love Tessa Thompson in the first season, too. Freaking heck! Hang on. Is a she second. in the first season? Evan, second season. Yeah, Evan she Ra- shows up in the first. Evan oh. Rachel Wood. That's her name. Yeah. So follow Evan Rachel Wood's character. Follow Tessa Thompson's character. Uh, follow the guy that plays Bernard. Yeah, yeah Jeffrey Wright. He and yeah. then and then I think you should be okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't think like I like uh, Tanny Newton's character in this, but I don't. You could just read the, really... the Wikipedia. Tanny yeah. Newton and um, James Marsden as Maeve and Teddy Flood. I thought their characters were diminished in season two. They had excellent um, sort of lead-ups. Um, well, mind you, Teddy Flood has sort of a big, significant thing, but in general, it's a lot more dialed back. That, like, that part of the storyline kind of felt like The Matrix to me, or like almost The Matrix yeah. Reloaded. Mm-hmm. Like, Matrix no, Reloaded no, no, Revolution. no, no, guys. There's too much good content out there to... To waste or, on yeah, Westworld? Waste, yeah. Well, again, again, not no, 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 no. I just think I don't blame Westworld on... I blame myself. I'm sure there are a lot of people that that have enjoyed it. Like, and, do you think, like, beyond your not understanding completely what's going on at all times, was it a good show? Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was a good show. Like, like well acted, well put together. Right. Yeah, um, I, I, but there were times when it, it when it lost me, it really lost me. Right. You know, I enjoyed it probably at about eighty percent of how I enjoyed season one. Mm. It was enjoyable, but there was just a lot more thinking and calculating that I was doing that pulled me out of it as I was watching it. And just some of the big reveals you get with season one, mostly in terms of time and location, um, were were so in my head of like, oh, is this, is this, you know, kind of thing. Right. So it sort of took me out of it. But overall, yeah, I did but enjoy like, it. like beautifully done. Oh, yeah. Did you watch, if, so if you watched, uh, did you kind of get to the part where they get to sort of like different worlds? Like season one, season. yeah. Oh. oh, you only watched season only one. Watch you didn't watch season two. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do about season two, and this is what I recommend for everybody: <laughs> just watch it, and don't worry about the Wikipedia, and don't worry about trying to keep up, and just let it wash over you, and then get through it in that way, and then you'll be because all in all, hopefully they'll correct. You're still seeing a beautiful piece of cinematography. <laughs> Paul, you're driving me nuts. That's why. That's because great. I won't do that with Star Wars. No, that's that's great you advice, keep on Paul. Recommending things that you yourself have not done. Yeah, that's great advice. Will no, you do this, it? This is what I'm going to do, and this is what I think everyone should do. Just watch it and don't worry about. It. This is what I did with Witcher. Okay, this is why. This is why. First few episodes of The Witcher, I was like, "What is going on? I don't understand the politics of this world. I don't understand this." And then I was, and I was reading the Wikipedia, and I was trying to understand. And I was like, "Flelf Kingdom is from Gl- Glorgard, and then Nilfgaard is enemies with Furfru, and all this shit." And I was like, "Oh god, I can't keep this fucking straight." And I don't give a shit about the characters enough to try. So here's what I'll do instead: stop looking at Wikipedia, stop trying to understand, just let this fucking show wash over me and get it in my brain. <laughs> Right? Remember Homer Simpson sitting on the couch enjoying Twin Peaks and he just sat there and he's like, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yes. I'm going to watch it like that. And if I don't get something, it doesn't matter. So Moving on. I'll enjoy the dialogue. Blah, 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 blah. Hopefully there's some nudity. Moving on. And there's then when we get so to season three, 
We'll get to season three. So Hopefully, they'll correct. So just to backtrack one sec, when I said read the Wikipedia, I didn't mean to understand it. I just meant read, read the plot synopsis. Yeah. Because then you don't need to watch season two. Did you say that again? Synopsis. great. Synopsis. 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 So you recommend people just read the Wikipedia and not spend them watching the show? Yeah. Like if you like, I thought that you didn't want, have any interest in in watching season two and just wanted to jump into season three. So I could say you could just read. The plot synopsis. The plot synopsis. <laughs> and it's another, not a another thing that Paul Pacino would recommend: just tightrope walk between two buildings. Just try it. <laughs> I haven't done it, yeah. but try it. What's the worst that could happen? I'm just gonna. do it. Uh, the point I was just trying to make is: there's so much content out there. I can't decide what to watch on any given night. So why should I invest my time in something that? Because Aaron Paul's in season three. <laughs> yeah, because season three might Eric be good. Eric season three. Well, if it's good, then I'll of get to it. Westworld? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He, I didn't know that. He cameoed in two. And, right. and then they... What? Yeah. Wait, who's Aaron he Paul? He didn't cameo in two. Did he yeah. not? I thought he did. Who is yeah, okay, thank you. Okay, I do know who Aaron Paul is. He wasn't in season two. Oh, maybe he wasn't. Okay. He was in, he's, he's in the trailer for Oh, three. the trailer for... That's what okay. it is. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. You know, also, it's fuck you, it's January. So what else are we going to do, Art? Come over and watch Westworld with me. Let's make a date. Okay. Paul, please talk about gremlins. Uh, well, you sh- they're little monsters. Oh, God. <laughs> gremlins, secrets of the mod. You should wide. try to feed it after midnight. <laughs> you know? You should try. I'm going to try it. <laughs> try, just get them wet. Paul? Gremlins, secret of the Mogwai is a new cartoon show. Uh, confirmed for HBO Max in that they're going to travel in the show. They're going to travel back to the 1920s Shanghai to reveal the story of how a ten-year-old Sam Wing, who will grow up to be Mister Wing in Ooh. the 1984 movie Gremlins, met a young Mogwai named Gizmo. Thank you for reading the plot synopsis that I put in there. But I okay. Um, so, don't you guys love Gremlins? Yes. Wait. Mogwai, that's what they're called? I thought that was one of their names. The that's Gizmo. Gizmo oh, is a Mogwai. Oh, I thought their name was Mogwai. No, there's like five little fuzzy balls. They're oh. all Mogwai. Oh. If you yeah. feed them after midnight, they turn into gremlins. They go into a cocoon and a chrysalis <laughs> and they emerge as And then sometimes Thanks, they're Paul. sexy gremlins with bras. That's right. Sometimes. They just put it on in the store. They were just trying it out. And it was a doll or something. Okay. Anyways, yeah. Looks pretty good. Yeah, it's interesting. A great idea. I mean, we have no idea what it looks like, but who knows? Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a neat thing to do with a cartoon, I guess, is to like to to make it so different from the two movies that we've seen. Do you think it's just it's like a cult? Like, obviously, it's a cult classic. But oh, do you yeah. think Huge there's thing. like who are the people that are like, yes, a cartoon? You okay? Mm, That's is. Bud. Sorry, uh, <laughs> radio. Radio. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. And is it for kids? Maybe. Maybe it's trying to like. You know what? Maybe this is the studio trying to play a long game here. Well, that's funny because I was thinking about the movie Gremlins and my 10-year-old, and I'm like, nope. Oh, no. No, no Santa. The dad dies being Santa. Yeah, is yes. awful. No, it's it's awful. like the it worst shit not time ever. for that movie for my 10-year-old just yet. Yeah. She's, she's, for one, she's very sensitive about things, and especially anthropomorphized animals. And, she, you know, she leaves the room and scary me. Gremlins is not yet for her, but I will show her. She'll love parts of it. Not the microwave. Is Gremlins <laughs> not, not the microwave. a horror movie? Is it not? Um, that's it's a horror, isn't it? Who? Well, I mean, wasn't it, was it a kind of who made was the as director? Like, the director I, was a horror director, wasn't it? Yeah, it's it was such a, a weird movie. story. The way the Gremlins shook out because it was like, yeah, it was supposed to be kind of like an homage to B horror movies mm-hmm. type of thing, but then. Joe Dante, yeah, and he did. Right, he did some scary and he was at the time. he did kind of a lot of crazy things and was really creative. Yeah, when I grew up, I I had it in my head that it was a horror movie. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up. Well, here's how I when I was a kid, I watched Gremlins two first because that's a straight up comedy. Right. And there's a lot, all the like cartoon violence and everything is dialed back. All the like goriness that exists in Gremlins one is completely stripped out of there. Look at it's this poster. This is so Doctor Claw from Inspector Gadget, with like the gremlin hand sitting at oh, the desk Gadget. chair with the cigar. Yeah. Yeah, so Gremlins 2 is a lot of fun for kids, so maybe even your 10-year-old bud could watch Gremlins 2. Yeah. And then later on when I watched Gremlins 1, I remember my parents, like, they knew the microwave scene was coming up and shit, and they were like, okay, you can't watch this part of it, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. even after that, I always, I wanted to rewatch Gremlins 2 because it was for kids. So maybe this cartoon show, what they're trying to do is get a bunch of, like, kids now, this generation, 
into Gremlins so that, number one, they can resell on the old properties. And who knows? Now maybe we get a reboot. Maybe we get a soft right, reboot. Right, right. Right, maybe we get... Here, kids, watch this cartoon series, then chapter three that we're going to put out, then chapter two, then maybe by the end of that you'll be old enough to watch chapter one and not have it traumatize you. Right. (laughs) Do we all know who did the voice of um, Gizmo, by the way? Yes. Howie Mandel. Yes. Really? Yeah. It's his Bobby's Bobby's World. Bobby's World voice. So it's basically Bobby having a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's Bobby without actual, like, yeah, tag, like... That kind of thing. Yeah. He just puts his, puts the voice back in his throat. Cute. Gremlins two is a great movie too, by the way. Like Gremlins one is whatever. It's B movie and it's kind of whatever. But Gremlins two is so great. And like more uh, movie makers now who want to make like a fun movie should watch that in terms of like the comedy works, the action works, the melding of those, and like the little bit of scary parts actually work as scary, and the melding of all those different tones together and moving from one thing to another. So many other tri- directors and movies try and do it, and it just ends up a mess. That movie works for a lot of reasons. See, that's good to know. I don't mm. remember a thing about Gremlins. By the too. way, I so much about Bobby's World, though. <laughs> comedy, fantasy, horror. Oh wow, all of those things. That's what it's. Yeah, comedy, fantasy, horror. Interesting. Yeah. I was at the bottom of the pool. Wow. Sorry. Is that a Bobby's World reference? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Art. I'd like you to weigh in on this uh, Mindhunter season three being uh, shelved. And the cast being released from their contract. Yeah, it certainly sounds like this project is over, which is very unfortunate, obviously. It doesn't mean that it is completely over because there's a chance that they could all get back together again and do another season. But, but listen to even the way you say it. There's a chance. Yeah, I mean, when, I mean, it's awesome that David Fincher was, you know, one of the head creators of this. But I think it's more than just David Fincher being out because he only directed the first episode. He's not the showrunner either. Uh and he has other projects, obviously, really? because he's David Fincher. Yeah, is yeah. he not doing more for it than just that, though? Yeah, he, I think he's like, like I, I heard that he had plans for like five episodes, which kind of contradicts the whole he's not the showrunner thing. Right. But he had plans. Did he for write five or episodes. produce it? Yeah, he's one of the top producers okay. on the show. Oh, yeah. yeah, but he's not like the showrunner. Um, no, I guess he's not. That's funny. But we, it's unfortunate because yes, we really want to know what happens with the P, uh, BTK killer and everything like that so and but you know what it's not fair to the actors right they they can't just wait around for this show uh they got to go out and work as well and it's uh jonathan groffman and um can't remember the other guy's name but uh he's got to go make frozen three. Oh jeez. yeah so yeah i don't know anything about this I, there's a there's a movie that uh david fincher's working on right now mank not love whatever <laughs> robots that love we death and robots about. yeah i think he has multiple projects. This is David Fincher. He's one of the biggest directors in the world. He directed so. episodes one and two and nine and ten of the first season. He directed episodes one, two, and three of the second season. So it's not an okay. Insig- more, that's more than yeah. I thought. It's not an yeah, insignificant I amount. Yeah. I feel like he has like, especially as a producer. Like I feel like he has a hand in a lot of it. Like totally. a, he's overseeing a lot of it. Maybe he's not the showrunner, but yeah. or he's kind of like what John Favreau is to the Mandalorian. Yeah. Right, he's the backbone. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah sure, so, sure. like, for him to be out, like, Netflix was like, okay, Fincher's out, everyone's released from their contracts. Yeah. Which What's is too bad because it's one of my favorite shows on TV right now. I, I, you've watched the last couple yeah. seasons. Yeah, what did you think of it? Really good. Yeah, so. Yeah, good show. And there's lots of, there's, I think uh, John Douglas, who the character Holden in, in the show is based off of, he doesn't actually catch the the BTK killer until you know well into the 80s mm-hmm. so they, there's still lots of time left so so here's maybe then what this will play into because i agree it's a really great show but when i saw the news that they were like gonna shelve it for now or whatever and i saw all the like outrage and i was just like this is internet outrage and impatient people just wanting the thing that they like forever and as quickly as possible to me this is like he's gonna take a break from it and that's okay and release these actors and let them go do other projects if they like, because I think this is going to really launch the career of especially those three main character actors. Um, and then in, I don't know, two or three or four or five years from now. That's what I was thinking. Right? They come back and then you can do a time jump and they've aged a little bit and you can go into the 80s where things heat up again. I, like, it's a great show. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not sitting there on the edge of my seat waiting for it to come back, even though I am invested in the mysteries that they've set up and everything like that. It is a great show. But the, I the can real wait loser, for it. the real losers here are Netflix. If you ask me, it's just another great show that they have that for 
for my money, you know, one of the only shows that I'm paying Netflix to watch. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. So now that it's gone, you know, just another thing I'm not watching on Netflix. So true. Yeah. And I mean, for a fan of Love, Death, and Robots, I'm kind of excited to see what David Fincher brings to that. Although I haven't watched Mindhunter, so I don't have the bitterness of him leaving that series. But but isn't mine or uh, Death, Love, and Robots? Love, Death, Love, and Death, and Robots. Love, Live, Laugh, Love, <laughs> and Robots. Isn't that just like a different director for every single episode? It's an on- anthology, is what right? It yeah. So he's going to do one twenty-minute short about a robot. And he'll then- he'll probably do the Tim Miller route, where he executive produces the whole thing because oh. he was an executive producer on. Um, on Mindhunter. So it's a kind of, it, as Brian said, it's the, the backbone. Backbone thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, okay, if you were to say which one you liked more, Love, Death, and Robots or Mindhunter, let's go around the room. Like, which one could go away forever and which one should be brought back? Like, come on. Uh, honestly, yeah. I'll admit, I would probably say Mindhunter, not even having seen it, just knowing how beloved it is and how self-contained Love, Death, and Robots is. Yes, meant to be. artistically, you would go that way. But then if we're thinking about a business thing, it, I'm sure this is a really quick venture for him to mm-hmm. produce Love, Death, and Robots and then start working on two other more two more other projects, whereas Mindhunter is going to take up a lot more of his time. Mm-hmm. That's very true. You're not shackled down to Love, Death, and yeah. Robots. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would have uh, said the opener of this podcast my lines a little bit differently i thought i was supposed to disparagingly say he wants to go direct love death and robots oh well say it again now no <laughs> i'm good <laughs> well i did because yeah, people like love death and robots i guess but right? from a fan perspective like i agree with you like i'm sure people who watch netflix would rather see another season of mindhunter over love death and robots mm-hmm. you know there's and love death and robots you know anthology of quick animated you know like short films versus three seasons of probably one of the best shows on television obviously it's like it's pretty yeah. weighted heavily towards Mindhunter but from a business perspective I can see him maybe making a, a business choice here sucks it sucks yeah. for us yeah. and, and maybe David Fincher will make it better but like Love Death and Robots as much as I thought it was an interesting concept and a neat thing to do in anthology series and different styles of animation which was really cool but like None of them were great. It surprised the heck out of me that he would leave a project like Mindhunter yeah. for a project like Love, Death, and Robots. But yeah, maybe well, he liked Netflix, the creative Netflix money. Yeah, Netflix money. Yeah. But also maybe he just liked the creative freedom that he just wanted to really stretch his imagination or something. Yeah, and that's his right. And David Fincher strikes me as a person who, you know, he goes all in on whatever he's doing. So maybe that, yeah, from a business standpoint, probably a lot more things he had to do for The tone of Love, Death, and Robots, though, um, seems to fit with any tone that David Fincher can set. I will agree with you there. That's a good call. How it's been set up, how this first season has gone, yeah, David Fincher could take that and definitely run with it. Captain America's in the new Disney Plus show? No. No, no not really. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, we, you know what? Let's talk about that. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he had an old Steve Rogers cameo in there. Um, I also heard a little thing that there might be a whether or not it is Robert Downey Jr. There might be a like a small little bit of a story at the beginning of Black Widow to show like say Iron Man or, or um, uh, Tony Stark. Just a stage setter. Yeah, kind of like kind of what I was predicting a few pods ago, right? Yeah. Where it's just like she basically goes from uh, the Avengers compound and Tony Stark. To Captain America and his uh, Secret Avengers team. Sorry, what's right? this rumor that you're? So set, set photos came out of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier because yeah. you know it's fuck you with January. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. It's also Disney and Marvel trying to dredge up some uh, some hype for this show. So Chris was, Evans was there? No, no. Wyatt Russell is there in a Captain America, uh, an older oh, Captain America. Not Captain America, right? No, Brian? no, no. It's okay. a different character. So I was talking about this as well before. Uh, sorry, kind of on a really big tangent there. Um, so Wyatt Russell is playing a guy named John Walker in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, if you follow uh, the comics and you follow, say, like the Captain America comics and you follow, or you follow even the Falcon comics, uh, there's a guy that's, that's called John Walker who plays a character called U.S. Agent, who is pretty much the, he's evil got the same sort of, not necessarily evil. He's got the same sort of Does he have a mustache? enhancements. <laughs> no, <laughs> mustache makes him evil. The same sort of enhancements as uh, Captain America. He's the one that's chosen by the uh, the U.S. government to replace 
Captain America oh. when Captain America has hand selected right. the Falcon. Oh. And there were in in the comic <laughs> storyline, there are certain things about this, like you know, racial. Like they don't want a black Captain America. Right. Like, oh. There are certain things that the reason why they didn't want Falcon to be the next uh. Captain America and why a lot of people were against Falcon. Uh. It seems like they're pulling on these threads <laughs> in like Falcon it. and the Winter Soldier. I love it. And uh, John Walker uh, or, or Wyatt Russell playing John Walker and actually the set photo that leaked is basically um, Wyatt Russell in a version of a Captain America outfit with Captain America shield that he gave to, uh, to Falcon. Mm-hmm. Now, it seems like in this storyline, they're going to want it so that uh, uh, Secretary of State Ross doesn't want Falcon to be the next Captain America because he didn't sign the Sokovia Accords Mm -hmm. and uh, he went against the government in that sense. Um, So he wants somebody sort of that is a a G-man. He wants like a government... um, person to to take on the the next sort of Captain America mantle, and Ooh. then things ensue with Baron Zemo and uh, and other yeah. foes. I think we have a we have a show, an interesting sto- show about to start here, ladies, mm-hmm. gentlemen, and everyone in between. Hashtag Encyclopedia Britannica. No Thank you kidding. again. That no was incredible. Kidding. My goodness. I mean, a lot of people had a lot to say about the decision that Steve Rogers made there. So yeah. of course, the U.S. government is going to want to have a decision or yeah. have a have a. I have a small say it in is that. funny though to see the internet lose its shit over those set photos though because yeah. so, like that's know, why I think it's 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 not by mistake yeah you know? it could yeah it yeah. could be just like stuff that's building up but people saw that set photo and saw somebody else with Captain America's shield and got so offended not knowing shit about really the story that's why I started do. that's why I started this whole thing by saying Captain America is in it because yeah. when I first saw that set photo, I'm like oh cool Captain America I would wonder though I like I wouldn't be a hundred percent surprised if old mm-hmm. Steve Rogers Made a made a cameo. At least a cameo, this. I would hope. Yeah, maybe like kind of as like a wise Yoda type character, where like there are their morale is down, and he steps into the shine into the spotlight and is like, "Buck up, guys!" Of all the Disney Plus Bucky. Marvel shows that are about to come out, what's the most? What are you the most excited about? I think this one is definitely one of them. I think Multiverse of Madness. Yes, that's me too. But that's not be- Disney Plus though. Is it, is it a movie? Oh, a movie. yeah, of oh. course. Sorry. Well, WandaVision, was... though, t- will tie into that. Eh, I don't care about WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about WandaVision because of how stupid silly it's going to be. But also, do you want to know what? If I'm really honest, none. None of them. Yeah, that's none what I thought of, you might say. They're all kind of just... I will watch every episode. I swear to you guys, I will watch them. No, you won't. No, you won't. no I will. I <laughs> You're will. Gonna tell people. Just to watch tell them. people. Here's Listen, what you should do. You know what you should do? Watch them. I'm not going to, but you do. And then I'll yell. No, I'll watch every episode, especially if they come out in the Mandalorian way, once a week, and all that. Yeah. Um. I just and then I'll let them. Now. I'm not going to build up hype ahead of time. They're either going to be good or they're not, and I'll enjoy them or I won't. But I refuse to like rate them before having even seen them. I don't have no idea what they're going to be like. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be like more what we've seen in the MCU? I hope that they're more interesting than that, actually. I hope that they kind of develop better as the TV shows. <sighs> they're all so different. None of them I'm in love with. Uh, whatever. Secondary. Right. We'll, we'll see. I think they've built up enough. They've built up enough trust over the last decade and a year or so that... I'm just curious. I've kind of got enough faith. Yeah, That's curious. why I'm going to watch them. Yeah. When does the first one start again? It's this one, right? It's but 2020? Like it's still this year? It's this year. And I believe it's... Is in the fall? I don't know. Bud's looking that up right because, now. Because, like, really, honestly, you know, I agree still, Brian, that you're right in the MCU, is, and I know it's different, but... I tried to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when that first came out as well, and I made the decision that, no, I wasn't going to spend my time on this. Yeah. So you tried watching Agent of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. over, like, Daredevil? Yeah, that's right. I'd never even watched that's Daredevil. Insanity. Holy smokes, that's crazy. Yeah. I think maybe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., now that I'm thinking about it, soured me so hard on a Marvel TV show that uh-huh. I don't want to spend that much time with this world. Falcon and the Winter Soldier debuts fall of this year. Oh. Fall of this year. Wow. I will say, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has... An episode that has one of the best choreographed fight scenes I've ever seen in TV. Which one? What season? Um, I think it's season two. Okay, so I probably saw it. uh, With uh, um, Daisy going into this facility and she's like rolling around. She's shooting people and karateing people. Uh, I think another one you're talking about. Phenomenal. She's better than that. And it was a one shot. Daredevil though. 
It, it, it reminds. See, and this is the thing, though. It, I I remember watching that one scene in Daredevil and thinking back to that. Uh-huh. Okay. Wow. Thinking back to like, whoa, that was like this because it was like a one one thing. It mm-hmm. was kind of gritty and it was cool. Well, well I'll watch them both on YouTube. Then I'll watch those individual. <laughs> I'll find scenes. it. I'll, I, yeah. I'll find it. Out That'd there. be great for the show notes, actually. Yeah. Well, we're talking about Disney Plus, by the way, because I shared Disney Plus with. Cursing here. I haven't watched anything on Disney Plus. But that was it's seen that's the problem that Paul outside of Mandalorian, I haven't watched anything. It's the problem that Paul brought up after the Mandalorian finish is that after the Mandalorian finished, they should have had been like yeah. cock locking ready to go with their next thing. Yeah. Like they, they, they should have been because I'm the same way. Like I've scrolled through it to see if there's anything new, but I've I, I remember watching the Mandalorian and I watched that entire Imagineering documentary mm-hmm. and then once those were done, I was like I did watch uh, half of Endgame at one point, so... Yeah, and for me, (laughs) I watched um, a couple of shorts. I watched Rogue One, and uh, and that was it. And I I went to look for Solo, because I haven't seen Solo. I'm like, oh, that's still on Netflix, so I watched Solo (laughs) on Netflix, so... So, yeah, so Disney Plus, get shit together. It's February 21st. I'm excited, I'm going to watch The Black Cauldron, I haven't seen it. Do you guys know about The Black Cauldron? Yeah. The scary Disney mm-hmm. animated movie that almost bankrupt the whole studio. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun yeah, it facts. Took Little Mermaid to turn it around. If I mean, you haven't watched uh, the rest of the Imagineering story, watch yeah. it. Like, watch the entire thing. It's it's phenomenal. <laughs> Johnny likes to call, call that show forty minutes of Kirsten crying. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's pretty much. Jeez, I like it. I just want to talk about because fuck you. It's January. Yeah. Uh, just this article that's from IO9. It's about. Uh, what people are excited about, just kind of things coming up. Final Fantasy VII, um, they're redoing Final Fantasy VII. Unfortunately, it's been delayed, I believe, till the fall. It was supposed to come out in the spring. A video game? Yeah, video game. Uh, Dune, which I think you guys talked about uh, last year on a podcast. I wasn't here, but uh, Dune, they're doing... It's a TV series, right? Mm, coming out movie, also series? in the winter. Oh. Um, you guys... Dune people? Oh, I'm very excited for yeah. this one. You yeah. want to see Sir Patrick Stewart be, in something weird? Watch yeah. him in Dune? This will be a continuation the like the little, of the original story? I don't know. I think that they're redoing it entirely. I think it's a reboot. I hope it's a redo because yeah. what I understand of Dune is that like it's a very interesting concept, but like the movie is so shitty and Oh, God, the movie is. Mm. Holy shit. Go watch it. Is it a train wreck? It's it's very weird. It was it's, it was very it's of its time for um, one thing. Yeah. It was very um, what's that word I'm looking for? Um, like grand for its time. Like they ambitious. they ambitious. Thank you. It was very ambitious, but it kind of fell short. Saw nine, which um, sounds stupid, but Chris Rock is going to be in this movie, so what? I don't know what? for what Saw nine. But uh, fascinating. Saw is a really interesting. It's almost like and hear me out before you laugh. It's almost like. Um, the Fast and the Furious. Okay, I've heard you out. <laughs> no, because um, the Fast and the Furious has like this really interesting story that it tells through like all of the movies. Like the plot is very um, well told, and it's the same with the Saw movies. Like they'll throw something in it, but then they'll explain it really well, or like the timeline really works. Like they don't fuck. It's almost like a mini MCU. Like they don't fuck with the universe. But with torture porn. Mm. It's funny, psychological, uh, psychologically I interesting. Was, yeah. Very close to doing like a Chris Rock impression of what he would sound like in Saw, but I was like, no, this is going to be racist. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I did the same thing in my head. I'm like, no. Nope. I, I thought you were going to. Going to be like, Brian's got a impression. Scott go racist. <laughs> Chris Rock's having quite a year then because he's in the new Fargo. I don't know out. if saying he's in Saw Nine. And now he's <laughs> in Saw Nine. He's in Saw Nine. <laughs> I mean, it's better than being in nothing. You, yeah. Uh, the next, uh, what's what are those Adam Sandler movies that he's in? He was garbage. He, there was a year when he was in Pootie Tang, so you know, I'm sure he's having a pretty good year. Fargo. I don't know if we've even touched on uh, Fargo, but let me add that to the list of things I'm excited for coming up here. That Fargo season four trailer looks unfucking believable. I think I'm just gonna watch season four. <laughs> you can if you want to. You can if you want to. That's the great thing about Fargo is you can if you want to, Kirsten. Uh, also, the haunting of Blythe Manor. So this is the haunting of Hill House. Um, it was it was so good. And instead of they can't tell that story, that story's done now. Um, so they're kind of turning it almost into an anthology series. So they're just doing another haunting, and this time it is of Blythe Manor. Why can't they tell? Um, it and because they busted all the ghosts. Uh, they busted all the ghosts. Yeah, yeah they can't good. torture that poor family. Yeah, it's just Blythe. Sorry. 
What's also not the hunting, but... Oh, oops. That's my bad. <laughs> the haunting a hill house. Touche, Kirsten. Touche. <laughs> Probably one of the uh, biggest jump scares that's ever affected Ooh. me as well. The bent neck lady? No. Well, she still gives me nightmares. I guess. Yeah. No, yeah. And then you can still watch that. I still watch that every now and then um, just because there are some ghosts that I hadn't seen that were in the background mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. That's like, a great. If you guys haven't seen that. Yeah watch that one it's it's worth it if there's nothing else to watch on right now it's a it's a really good show it's really well shot it's really well acted it's really well edited um but yeah watch it for the story because yeah. the story is amazing and then watch it again just so you can see all the ghosts that are lurking around in the background that you Ooh, missed before cool. i'm not doing it unless ghosts. paul tells me to do it <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then go tightrope walk between two buildings ghosts are scary how dare you even say that to me that is yeah. the worst piece of advice this whole pod i have a fly manner yeah really? huh? Yeah, I, I confirmed that twice because it should have been Blythe, but no, it's Bly Manor. Weird. I have a Fargo tie-in, weirdly. Uh, we're moving to reviews and recommendations, and I, I binged this podcast, another fiction podcast, that is only, in total, 90 minutes. It's like nine episodes, and they're about 10 minutes each, and it's called Mother Hacker. And it's from Gimlet Media. Gimlet Media does Reply All and Startup, and they're, they're, they're kind of a neat story of... Two guys that came from, uh, no, no, yeah, a guy that came from This American Life and other podcasting things started his own podcast network, and they were bought by Spotify last year. So theirs is a pretty good success story. Yeah. They came out with a fiction podcast called Homecoming, which was turned into an Amazon Prime series with Julia Roberts in. Um, so this one, very tight story, pretty simple, really great sound design. It's this mother who... Yeah, and then the start of the series, you hear her phone a restaurant, and she pretends that she's from Google so she can get a good seat um, at the restaurant. And that is social engineering, basically. That's that's all that is. And immediately after that, she gets, you know, I, I suppose the technical term is like vished, which is really stupid, but voice phishing. Uh, someone uses social engineering on her, makes her think that her ex-husband, who is in rehab, has had an episode, his insurance isn't flying and they need $12,000. She sends it and then realizes what she's done. She gets contacted later by the person who pulled this scam on her and recruits her to do the same thing. And the story evolves from there. Carrie Coon from Fargo plays the lead role. Uh, Alan Cumming is also in it. And Pedro Pascal has a small And you also don't get to see his face in this. Yes, exactly. Here's another thing you don't get to see his face in. But I enjoyed it. Mother Hacker, all the episodes are out uh, now. And Paul should review and recommendation the Rise of Kylo Ren comic. Yeah, there's a lot of comics out there. (laughs) You don't say. Good good Um, start, Paul. Yeah, sorry. Uh, So the Rise of Kylo Ren is a uh, comic series that Marvel is publishing right now. That just kind of caught my attention online. It looked like a like a good one, and don't, what really when I went to go buy it, it made me realize how many Star Wars comics and ancillary material is out there in comic form. Um, but Rise of Kylo Ren is really like the hype is big for it, and sure enough, when I went to go buy the first two issues, issue one at Curious Comics downtown completely sold out, mm. and I found the last copy of issue number two oh, kind of just like strewn in with other stuff like I think it was the very last one on the whole store somebody hit it to get later you found it yeah yeah so and uh, so anyways I bought episode two or, or issue two read it it's really really good it's it's doing a fun job of as we said was going to happen with Kylo Ren and Snoke and the Knights of Ren certainly it's building up their mythology and um, so this is in between eight and nine uh, issue two is <laughs> No, it's actually like in between um, six and seven. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, in between the trilogies. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and it adds kinda, more depth to yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Story. It has like Kylo Ren context there. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. does, and it's the different cl- because it's not the prequels. <laughs> shit. The Clone Wars people are just having a time with. I'm not saying now. it's bad to have extra material. I'm just saying the prequels are garbage, and I don't want to watch any more of that crap. <laughs> Anyways, if you want. In a similar way to these Clone Wars <laughs> people, it's good. If that was a good comic, I brought it. If anyone wants to read it, you can uh, another review and recommendation. I watch season two of The Expanse, so I'm through the first two seasons of The Expanse. Fantastic, 
It is good. Yeah, Another comic review and recommendation. I uh, am going to start reading Rise of Binks. Okay. Um, what is because it's uh, Jar Jar Binks? He's making a joke. <laughs> shut up, Ryan! <laughs> shut up! Shut up! Shut that! You're being a joke. Does anybody have anything else before we move on to the end of this podcast? Well, there was about like well, a two hour, you know, it lasted longer than that, but uh, who would win in a fight, uh, Gandalf or Harry Potter? That that discussion went on for hours the other Where? night uh, when nice. I was out for trivia night. Oh my. It even got Kirsten involved. Was Kirsten got involved? Oh. Even Kirsten was involved. <laughs> what was the, well, is there a consensus? consensus? We all know. Yes. What do you What do you say, Paul? Gandalf by a long country mile. Brian, I would say Gandalf. Bud, I would still say Gandalf. Yeah. Well, it's the Gandalf, magic. Obviously. The magic is more. It's a little bit more life experience. Yeah, the magic is yeah, more exactly. experience. Ooh, did yeah. anyone say Harry Potter? Caleb Kirby, and that's how <laughs> I got dragged what? into it An idiot. because he thought that I would say Harry Potter. So he texted me because everyone said Gandalf, and when I said Gandalf. He got so mad. Oh yeah, no, that's that's Harry that seems that's an impulsive move because of love and friendship. On one v one, there's no way he's taking down Gandalf. No, no, no. no. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But he made the Gandalf argument the that he doesn't. But never think... Gandalf the White. No, not even Gandalf not the Grey. No, no, not even close. Maybe. Gandalf is an angelic being. He might just immortal. like let Harry, Harry Potter is struggling with puberty. Right. So, right. No, no, it's not. There's not even close. They're no. not even. They, they can't, they're not even the same species. It's not even close. No. It's like okay. a Balrog to take Gandalf down. And I, that's that. what I said to Caleb. Can okay. I quickly hear what his argument was? But his argument was that he thinks that Gandalf couldn't take out Voldemort. But that wasn't the oh question. My God. But that's not what? the question. No, that's, but not, that's the not the question. question. I still think Gandalf wins. Yeah. Put it out to the... If it's Gandalf versus Voldemort? Yeah. Yeah, good call. Put it call. out to the it's geek a better fight, pod. Right? be a better fight, but yeah. like, I think Gandalf would win. Please answer on our the Geek Pod Facebook. The Facebook.com slash the Geek Out Podcast. What is it? It's uh, Facebook.com slash groups oh, slash the Geek about. Out Pod. Shut up, Paul. <laughs> Because even if it was like... Go to the Facebook group. We'll put up a poll. We'll put up a poll. Who would who win between Harry Potter even and Even if you paint the picture of like Gandalf and Voldemort fighting and Gandalf is just like he's held back and he's not able to win and he's just about to die. In comes a fucking eagle and yeah, swoops off right. Voldemort that's and right. saves the fucking day. That's right. Oh my God. That's absolutely right. Myth Threader. Yeah. I... I, I uh, and all, yeah, it's it's obviously the experience thing, right? Because Gandalf's like two and a half ages old. It's not the same thing. They're all Mm-mm. the wizards in Harry Potter are just people who can do magic. And again, Gandalf is a like a greater being. He's an angelic being and put into the form he of an can old use man. A fucking sword too. And he can use a sword. Yeah, it's like it's not even close. It's not no, a fair fight at no all. No way! I can't believe you thought Harry Potter would win. Yeah. Anyways, it was so it was funny because. If anybody here knows Caleb Curvey, he is very passionate about anything he believes in. Yeah, and so him making that argument proves he has a misunderstanding of the basics of these two mythologies. I'm going to go yell at him right now. Well, let's go. Oh, he left get, his desk. Let's say, That's let's get a hello from another like, member of the Zone podcast. Are you kidding me? Podcast Do you even know about these things? Family. Hey, Art. Hey, Curb. We're back. Yes, we are. For the 2019-2020 season of the Canucks. So if you're ready to hear more about the Canucks, listen to Between the Stammers. The Canucks are a little bit better this year. Even though Art still doesn't think they're going to make the playoffs. And kind of on the fence about it. We're going to be doing a lot of shotgun shakes this year. Well, I won't be. Because Art drinks tea. Yes, I do. Check out Between the Stammers on the Zones podcast network at thezone.fm. Kirsten James, where can we find you on Instagram? Instagram. Great. Kirsten. Oh, go look at my button. Oh, yeah, Kirsten.James. And you can see if you go there now, a photo of the adorable little Baby Yoda Tiki enamel pin that Kirsten got. My friend Tyson, Tyson for Christmas got me a little Baby Yoda pin, but he also has a Tiki. It's my Aww. two favorite things. It's perfect. Yeah. That is cute. Art Aronson. At Art Aronson on all social media platforms. Paul Plastino. I'm a servant in the secret fire, wielder of the flame of Arnor. Well Dark done. fire shall not avail you. Well done. Brian, I'm going to go tightrope tight rope walk between two buildings. <laughs> you should! <laughs> no, so you should happen. I'm Webmeister Bud on all socials. This has been the Geek Out Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Bye! The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcasts or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.